Welcome to Tell Me More, the all-steel podcast where design meets innovation and we explore the limitless potential of workspaces. In this exclusive series, we're peeling back the layers of workplace design. From the psychology of colors to the future of hybrid work, join us as we open doors to conversations with industry leaders, architects, and designers who redefine the modern workplace. This is Tell Me More, brought to you by Allsteel, because when it comes to designing the future, there's always more to discover. Welcome to Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host for today. I'm Andrea with Allsteel, and we're going to have a fun conversation with Chris. Chris, tell us about yourself. I am Chris Adamick. I have a studio called Chris Adamick Design in Encinitas, California. <clears throat> I'm an independent designer and I've worked with Allsteel for years. I've done um, Parallel and Recharge, and now we're talking about Admix, my new tables collection. All right. So give us the big idea. Why? Why, why another table? Well, <clears throat> it's an interesting time to be doing this because when Allsteel kind of reached out to me to design a light scale table system, it was an obvious product gap. It was a growing category. It's something everyone needs. So we knew there were certain things we needed to include, but it happened right during the pandemic. And so it was really fun for me because no one knew what was going to happen to the office. Some people said the office is gone forever. No one will ever return. Some people said we're going to have a return to office mandate and everyone will be back next year. And now we seem to be in this world of hybrid where it's sort of a little bit of both. And we have these kind of work ecosystems where we sort of work a little bit at home, a little bit at the cafe. Maybe we work in a hub office and maybe we go to headquarters sometimes too. So it's this kind of mixture of, of things that we can kind of tailor to our unique um, individual cultures of, and companies. Um, and the key takeaway for us was nobody knows what's going to happen. It, even even in the best of times, probably we didn't. We were probably convinced we did, but we didn't. And now even more okay. so, people are requiring flexibility because companies don't know what what's going to you know what to do with their real estate, what's going to happen with their workforce. So we knew that that was going to be a key attribute to the table system. And yep. so we took this idea of flexibility and adaptability into the design of of the uh, product. And, and approach it from kind of two angles. One was from the user perspective, right? User-based adaptability. How can a user come in and make the most of their time in the office, like reconfigure space, feel agency over their time and the place that they're in the office? Um, and we have lots of details we can talk about that speak to that. And the other is um, well, specifier. Before you get into the, real quick, before you get into the specifier piece, I think that's, uh -huh. I want to use that out just for a moment more. Because yep. we've been having conversations around how, as an individual, I now have the agency, to use your word, and where I want to go for a given day. I can stay at home because maybe I do really, really good focus work at home, or maybe I'm going to choose to go into the office because I want to innovate or collaborate or socialize. And so I have the choice to be where, where I want to be, and then having a product line that I also can have some control over the use case of it, right? I can move it around, I can make it flexible, I can um, orient it or change it in a certain way to, again, help with that intentionality behind whatever it is I'm trying to do that day mm -hmm. to be the most productive. So I think that really enables that. Okay, moving on to the specifier side. Yeah, well, you bring up lots of good points that we can elaborate on for forever. Um, <clears throat> the, the, um, the specifier side is also interesting because as I said, 
you know, organizations and companies kind of don't know what's coming. And so they need to be able to tailor something to their space now, but know that in the future, they'll be able to, con it, the, the products they specify will be able to be continue to be used. I also wanted to make it fun, you know, for specifiers from a certain perspective. So um, what, what that means to me is we, we kept it super flexible, right? There's four different heights that we offer tables in, right? Lounge, which is continental, standard, counter, and bar. We offer all different size tables from personal tables all the way up to large conference tables, all different top shapes, starting with, you know, squares, rounded squares, boat tops, racetracks. We did things that have different connectors where you can weave tables in, in little bands and ribbons around the floor plate. We did disc tables that are like these rings with an open center, all different types of things to make it easy for specifiers. Um, one of the things that we noticed, that one of the key pain points we noticed in our research was that um, people would order tables with, say, four feet on them, and a, you know, a year later they would say, gosh, I really need these tables to have wheels on them or casters. How easy is it to add those? Then they would add casters and the table suddenly three inches higher. So one key detail we made just to speak to that point was to make interchangeable caster and glide feet that make the table end up being the same height. So if you order a table with four feet in a year, you could order a caster set, swap those out very easily in the field. And all of a sudden your table is the same height, but has four casters. It also allowed this other cool thing, which speaks to user agency, which is a wheelbarrow setup. So you can have two wheels and two glide feet and be able to pick up one end and move it around. So this yeah. is all in the service of a kind of, um, of the main, the bigger point, which is why is everyone coming back into an office in the first place? And you kind of touched on this. For some people, it might be heads down work, right? You have little kids at home or some, it's very noisy or you live in a small space. So maybe you need a space to do heads down work. But for the most part, we want to focus on high value activities, right? It's not super high value to use commercial office real estate for a little heads down work or check emails or whatever. The highest value is the things that can't be done remotely, creation of culture, tribal knowledge, like going in and sharing that tacit knowledge. You can only pick up in face-to-face you know, -face conversations, right? Like, yeah, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm looking at you in the eyes and I can see you and you'll remember me. And especially for young workers coming up, um, being able to have that kind of networking and mentorship um, in person is like, it's super key. And I think that's the kind of highest and best use of commercial real estate. And it's, and it's the, um, I think it's really the reason we're coming into the office. So we really want people to focus on those activities. So that's what the table system uh, enables. Yeah, that's great. Okay, you, you have already gone into some great detail here. <clears throat> My favorite thing about the wheelbarrow personally is that we know that more often than not, a facility manager or an individual flipping a room between meetings is typically female more than 50% of the time. And so this notion that it could be a wheelbarrow, she could lift it up quickly, scoot it to the next location, drop it down. It doesn't have to run around all four casters and lock them into place. I think yes. that's just super usable, super friendly. Let's talk a little bit about spaces or shapes, excuse me, talk a little bit about the shapes mm -hmm. of the table. So you mentioned there's a plethora. Let's pick on one, right? Um, so let's talk about the circle. Uh, what okay. is... Just in general, the, the, the shape of the circle, I know we've talked about in lots of settings, if we can, it's better to put in a circle versus a rectangle because it removes hierarchy. Everybody has like this common space around the shape itself. So we know that it's kind of a trending shape, but uh, why, why the cutout in the middle? What's the idea behind that? Well, there's a lot of, a lot of things starting with, doesn't it look cool? I mean, I love the way it looks. It's really light and open and it sits lightly on the floor plate. We noticed a lot of the 
you know, if you're trying to accommodate eight people around a circle, which, as you said, kind of eliminates hierarchy, we wanted to get rid of that sort of old school sort of status hierarchy rigidity that comes with the kind of office politics that we all that sort of that sort of inhibits creativity and it, and it certainly inhibits diversity. Right. So we know that's not it's probably not going away for many organizations, but for a lot of them, it's a bad call. Right. You really want to be open to new thought and new ideas especially with younger generations coming into the workforce. So we knew we needed to accommodate people in this non-hierarchical, omnidirectional circle shape. But when we looked at those tables, they just they just reeked of like tradition and it was just so old school. There's so much shadow and they just sit so heavily on the floor plate. Um, they block views when they're not in use. They just felt sort of old school and clunky. And so by taking the middle out, um, they just they just open up those views and keep everything light and they just they just look non-traditional. They just have this kind of open and collaborative uh, look that's really inviting. Does that make sense? And I like that you're not applying wasted material because oh, yeah. nothing even happens in the middle of the table. It's not used. It's unused space. So why waste material there to your point about making it lighter? Yeah. Um, well, exactly. Let's... It's It's make it lighter but but also um there's no place to put a, a giant uh, centerpiece which everyone feels compelled to do and then i can, then can't see across the table to the person that i really want to see so yeah oh, that. that's a great point let's talk a little bit about the v-shape so you have made it so one i love that when you create a v it's out of more than one table so user movable but you also curved you created some curvature so talk just a little bit about um, why you did the table shapes you did to create a V, and then we'll talk a little bit about how that helps with uh, digital equity in a moment. Um, th so the V shape comes uh, from a very specific uh, set of research that we did around um, hybrid meetings and digital sort of equity. Um, what does it mean to be attending a meeting remotely, and how do I pick up on as much of that sort of feeling of being in the room as possible, right? And what we noticed was we're kind of two setups, right? There's that long kind of runway table where if you're looking through a, a, a you know, a, a camera, you're just seeing heads sort of stacking back behind each other in space. And then often there's one person at the head of the table who is, you know, you know, either put on the spot and feels very awkward in that position or they're, you know, <laughs> The big dog, the you know the the, the top of the, uh, the hierarchy, which uh, we we just felt was um, inappropriate and not really welcome today. So um, that was one. The other way people do it is they do the, you know, the sort of uh, panel situation where there's all four people looking directly at you in a in a line, which feels equally as awkward if you're a remote person. And we just know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't been in a meeting in five years that didn't have at least one remote attendee, if not multiple. So it's a key thing to develop. So what we noticed was we, we took um, some of the most common uh, view angles of cameras and they kind of are like view cones. They go like this out from the camera and we just turned it and mirrored it. And so we just mirrored the view cone angle and made it so that everyone's head is very visible everyone's just right in front and there's no one in that pole position. So that curve at the edge of it at the sort of apex of that V uh, means that people sit on either side of the table like, and no one's right and put on the spot right in the middle. We curve the edges to encourage people to move around. We notice, you know, in those digital meetings, there's always an AV issue. Someone's kind of trying to go to the front to work the remote or touch some wires or whatever it is. And when you have a very severe angle, as in lots of the training table systems, you're just catching hips and your clothes get caught and it's just awkward. And it looks, again, it just looks old school. And we we think that um, the rounded shapes and those kind of softened corners and edges just feel 
they feel more like how we live today. They just look and feel more contemporary. And in a way, the user that's virtual, that's joining that meeting, almost encloses this it's almost triangular shape, right? They become, yep. they almost have a seat at the table, uh, which I think yep. is great. We thank yep. you for saving our hips from bruises um, in this <laughs> design. So, you know, yeah. all, oh, all I should ways. also add that, um, sorry, Andrea, I should also add that we, we have three different angles uh, of those Vs. And okay. that's an interesting shape idea because we noticed that some rooms uh, you want to orient towards a short wall. So you need a very kind of acute angle. And some rooms you are orient orienting towards a long wall. So you need a wide angle. And some rooms are mm -hmm. kind of square or in the open office, you might just have a kind of in between. So there's three different angles and a few different sizes to accommodate different size groups. Okay, great. So you mm -hmm. mentioned uh, a little bit about how you can make things different in time. The user can, can do things that are uh, changeable. You mentioned <laughs> the glide uh, to the caster, but there's another, another way that you've built in some user adjustability. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. We um, One of the big pain points we noticed uh, when designing the collection was we were looking at training tables and training tables are designed to go away. They're not designed for their use. It seems kind of crazy, right? Like they're, they're these rectangles that you can wheel around and that's all great and single user can do it. But really they're designed, the whole engineering behind them, the whole thought about the legs at the edges and the single post is so that these things can flip up and then be pushed away out of the room. And we were just thinking, what a, what a waste of space. Like we need to be able to change the way the tables operate and, and continue to have them be used throughout the day and design for that rather than design mm -hmm. for these things to stack away or go into a freight elevator or at the best possible use case, they have a, a whiteboard and they'd sort of become useful in the corner. So we said, what if you could pick up, a single user could pick up the end of a table and slide the legs into whatever position they, they want them. We've all been at a dinner where that leg is right in between ours and we can't really sit comfortably or we're forced to sit at the edge of a table that has a, a base right there and you're kind of sitting sideways and it's very uncomfortable. So we took a look at that and thought of some basic use cases about how that might play out. So we thought, what if you were to walk into a training space in the morning and, and everyone is facing a single direction, right? So it's rows of tables end on end. The legs are at the very edges of those tables and they sort of meet up where two tables meet up, you have the legs together and you all face one direction. And then maybe later that turns into a collaborative setting where you take those same tables, turn them towards each other you can do that easily if you have a wheelbarrow set up, for example, one person can do that. And then you take all the legs and push them to the inside. And all of a sudden you've got a collaborative setting where you can sit all the way around the table. So what we're doing is we're giving you a single table that can be used throughout the day for all these different settings and all these different setups, um, instead of one where it just kind of has one or two main use cases and it has to go away to make room for something else that presumably has to come from somewhere else and roll in. So that's the big idea there. And I like it too. It's not just throughout the day, but it's over time. You know, we think about from a sustainability perspective, both with the glide to caster and vice versa, and then the inset legs versus the outboard legs. Maybe they were planned into a front area day one, and then five years later, they need to be moved into a cafe setting, et cetera. So really making it modular in a sense just expands the use case the longevity of the product itself which we all love yeah i agree couldn't agree more I, I pretty much i approach this like as a universal design principle i want my things to last i want people to 
Um, I want them to have this kind of longevity to them and, and people can see them being used long term. A really, another great example of this collection that I think people probably don't notice is the media wall. What we noticed with media walls is a lot of times people will do a full install of you know media screens in a wall. They have to route all the electronics behind some drywall, and then they have to figure out how to make that wall interesting. So they put a wallpaper on it or a paint color or cabinetry or built-ins, and then they get a runoff table that has to be bracketed onto the wall, and then the AV people can't reach the electronics when they need to easily, so they're cutting into the wall. It's just this kind of crazy thing. And then, oh, guess what? Our real estate foot footprints changing and now we have to just demo all that and we can't use it again so our media wall is is consciously something that has a so, you know a soft color palette you can put on whatever textile you want on that big backdrop and so that's color that's texture that's material and then below that is a cabinet that has swing doors and you can just open that up and that's where all your av equipment goes and it's just two z clips that go on the wall you hang it on the wall, you've got a target, you've got a kind of something that draws attention. Um, it's got depth and life to it. It's very easy to use. You can do it with or without a runoff table and all different shapes and sizes, four different heights. Um, and it can be used in everything from a small kind of breakaway or Zoom room to a, a larger um, conference setting. So to me, that's longevity. When you're done with it, pick it up, put it in a different room. That's pretty easy to do. Yeah, when the technology changes, it's easy to access those wires and cords, et cetera. That's great. Yep. What about the lectern? What's what's unique? What's different? You know, do we even did we even need a lectern? What's the why behind that? Yeah, great question. I, that's a really fun one. That one's called the satellite table, or that's what we call it. And the reason we call it that is because it's something that just kind of hovers around the gravitational forces of other applications. It doesn't even have to be an admix table. It could be any table. We noticed this problem in our research where people order tables. There's not a great uh, you know, floor monument place to plug in. So a lot of tables are just not powered for that reason. There's just no real good way to get power to these tables. There's always an outlet on the wall somewhere. So people have this problem of how to bring power to a table. So we thought, well, what if we did a counter height table that was on wheels and you could just roll it in and just plug it into the wall and it would bring power ports to as many people as you want. Ours has the uh, ability to do three power ports with I think two simplex outlets, a USB-A and USB-C on each. So it's just this crazy workhorse that you could just put it, you could imagine bringing it into um, the V table, for example, and rolling it right at the apex there and three people can plug their stuff in. And when you're done with it, you can unplug it, wind the really, we have a really nice braided cable. It's really nice looking, nice to the touch. You can wind that around this universal hook and roll it into the corner for next time. The other thing it does, which as you mentioned, is it's like this impromptu lectern. Like we, I, I do this all the time. I go into an office and, um, oh, Chris is here. Let's have him present this project. And I didn't know I was presenting, but all of a sudden I need a place to put down my laptop or my tablet and I don't have a place to put water. Um, this can use, be used as that as well. So it just rolls into place. That's great. Well, in the spirit yeah. of the Tell Me More podcast, I want you to tell me some more. So I got a couple other questions and then we'll wrap here. Um, so... The notion of a home base. So within a training room, I don't know how many of those of you listening to this have gone into some long week of training and we're creatures of habit. We sit in the same desk, even though it's not assigned to us, same table day after day. Um, and you got your stuff that you're bringing along. So how did you kind of take that into your thought process and when you were thinking through kind of home base? Well, there's a, there's a lot there. We looked at you know, social cues, like everyone feels compelled to put their jacket on a chair where they're sitting if they have to get up and leave so everyone knows that, that they're there. But there's further questions, like even if you have your jacket on a chair and you're sitting there, 
and you're at a space where people are free to kind of come and go, it could be a training session, it could just be open office or, you know, unassigned spaces. How do you know where it's socially appropriate to sit if there's no chairs? It's like, especially we're doing a lot of like canteen style tables that are, you know, up off the ground, um, you know, bar height, counter height stuff. How do you know where your space ends and someone else's begins, right? Where do you put your stuff? Like if it's not your desk, do you feel real comfortable putting your stuff just on a table somewhere and leaving? Um, so we tried to create almost like a, a nice sort of welcome mat, which is um, it's a desk mat and it's very soft. It has soft round edges. It kind of curves over the lip of the table. So if you're like leaning over on it, it's soft on your arms. If you were to like toss your cell phone on it, it'll stop and it's very soft on devices. Um, we created a tray it's very tight to the undersurface of the table. And so if you're having a collaborative setting and you have your sunglasses on because you were just outside doing a phone call, you can put them in there. You can put your phone in there and just get them up off the surface of the table. And we created yeah. a universal hook, um, which just allows people to put whatever they might need, like headphones. A lot of people are using noise canceling headphones. So you can hang that on the hook. You can put your bag there. You see this often in hospitality settings, right? Like the bar, the mm -hmm. restaurant, they all have those kind of hooks. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. So we just brought that into these tables and it just makes it sort of an obvious place for you to be and just kind of says that you're supposed to be there and it shows you where to be relative to everyone else. Yeah, I think that's great. So we focus quite a bit on meeting spaces and training rooms. Last question for you. What other space typologies do you have in mind when you're thinking through uh, this product line? Well, the interesting thing is we sort of thought these can go anywhere, right? I mean, it's sort of like, <clears throat> are, will we have large conference spaces in the future? Probably for some organizations you need them, maybe not for everyone. Um, we knew that we needed to be able to create tables that went from very small kind of bite-sized single user tables all the way up to big collaborative setting tables and everything in between. We created tables that kind of layer over each other. So you can create meeting spaces that have um, equity in terms of posture, so people feel free to join and leave as they please. Those can be used everywhere from, you know, a break room to open office. Um, so it was, there were some specific use cases around, uh, you know, Zoom rooms and say private office or, you know, cafe, all day cafe settings. But in general, we tried to create these to be so useful that they could really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really like the standing height version where you have the ring around the bottom because there's just something about the comfort of, you know, belling up to the bar, putting your foot on that foot ring, really thoughtful around a lot of different scenarios, whether standing, sitting, etc. So um, kudos. Good job. Anything Thanks. else that we haven't ventured into? Any other pockets you'd like to explore of the product line? Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's so much. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I think I, 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 I think we kind of covered the main big, big topics really. Um, Good. yeah, I just hope, okay. I hope everyone gets to see them and use them and, and they feel, they just feel like a nice step forward for all steel as well. It feels like there's, you know, traditional conference and collaborative tables are well covered in the market by H and I and all steel and everyone else. And these are a step forward. And I think. Um, I'm excited to start to see them in the wild and see how people use them because I think it's a nice question mark for designers about how they want to use them, how people really want to interact with them, which I think is great. That was great. Okay. Well, with that, thank you for joining us on our Tell Me More podcast. Signing Thanks, off. Andrew.
And that brings us to the end of another fascinating episode of Tell Me More. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the world of design and innovation. If you're hungry for more insights and stories, make sure to subscribe to Tell Me More on your preferred podcast platform. As we sign off, remember that the conversation doesn't end here. Connect with us on social media at Allsteel and share your thoughts, questions, or even your favorite moments from the podcast. We love hearing from our engaged and curious audience. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll continue exploring the design to do more philosophy. Until then, thanks for listening.